0: Right. that wasn't on purpose either. You didn't burp on purpose. No. You don't purpose. I burpacious. <laughs> I'm gonna quote you burbatum. <laughs> I, wish I just quoted Joe Burbatum.
1: I had a friend in school who could get sick on command. And he used to do it <laughs> to get <at> it fucking science. <laughs>
0: Fucking two in the bed, and you're, you're two in to me. Bed. The little one said, "Get that fucking into you." oh wish my is this my bevvy? you You having a bevvy with the boys? It's the bevacious period, right? Lovely. Lovely. You ready to go? We're ready to roll. Are you ready to roll? So you f- get up on the bed, like oh, feet sorry. up to fucking. You get the shoes off. Then. You're perched you're on the side, and it's very weird. Right? So you good to go? Yeah, sure. Right. Well, go on, it's your show. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and you're very welcome to episode thirty five of higher fidelity episode 35 my name is Pedro hanlon and i'm here with the one no you're not the one unfortunately joe sorry i'm here with joe doherty now joe you enjoy the distinction far and away of being the least talented musician that's ever been on this podcast (laughs) you can laugh into the mic if you want But also one of the tallest. Now, unfortunately, you're pipped at the post by our Felix. But other than that, you are the tallest as well. Though has Aiden not been on this? Aiden from Lovebuzz? Yeah, God, no. fucking right yourself <laughs> as well. So, Joe, say hello. Hello, my name is Joe. Do you remember the first time you're on this podcast? No, and that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> is that the merch, merch market? Yeah, you threatened to throw Zaron out a window. <laughs> <laughs> and I should have. Right, you would have done us all a massive favor. But so before we go anywhere, I'm going to quickly try and recap the two years of our life also I love that band recap they're great rappers but so I'm going to take us back to September of 2020 I had just moved to Dublin do you remember that? I do I remember the second day of my time in Dublin I was wandering the streets like the wretched urchin that I was and happened to be walking by Steps the band they had just reformed Uh, no I was walking by the steps outside Paris Court and who happens to stop me but a tall man with what I thought had his head I thought you had your head in the clouds turned out your hair was just grey grey as fuck salt and pepper but you came over I can't remember what you said first it was about Gourmet oh you came over and said my friend is cousins with your friend turns out to be a lie. Massive lie. Yeah. He used it as a lie. he used it as a leverage to get guest lists for a gig. I somewhere. thought they were cousins. You said third cousins. It was not third cousins. They just had the brass balls to ask Ross's mom for guest list. Yeah. She was like, I guess they're cousins. <laughs> you came over and then the talk very quickly turned to I he said, well can we get where can we get some drink? Like And you said Well Spice of India are selling bottles of wine for twenty quid. I have a tenner on the sly On the sly Sorry to be out in Spice of India and you said have you got a tenner and I said yeah and you're like grand oh, if we went and got a, a budgel of wine I don't know what the Irish word for wine is. Yeah,
1: and it's been downhill ever since then.
0: Literally, if it's not every week, it's been every second week. If not every two or three days, we've seen each other.
1: Oh, outside are drinking.
0: <laughs> no, actually, we also talked about the fact that we were meant to go to that Melts gig. Yeah. And we both had tickets and actually eventually ended up going to it not that long ago.
1: That was like a year, was it? Oh, that was a couple of months ago. Now. It was only a couple of months ago, yeah. Oh. yeah we
0: finally got going to it. We, yeah. You no, know, so then we end up becoming fast friends. I think it's a good sign of a friendship that I don't remember most of the times we hung out. I... Still don't think I know you. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, no, it's been a good crack. Uh, we you very then quickly ingratiated yourself without me wanting you to with all my friends as well. But yeah, I'm trying to think. What do we do after the first time We just I, I became just drinking pals, I
1: guess. Yeah, I didn't see you for months because I was like, I don't want to run into him again because he's a bit of a headcase. And then I saw you at the first merch market crap thing.
0: But did you not, did you not, did we not talk about you coming to that anyway, or did you just happen to be there? No,
1: I think I went. I went with Connor. The Lee fella and um, we came out. We went in late because I think we wanted to go and just have a look. And we were coming out, and you were outside chatting to someone. Did I have to be? I had the, the just eat bag with all the merch in the back of it. Now, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was chatting to you at that. And then like a couple of weeks after that, I saw you and Sam at the
0: Palestine thing. Yes. Sorry. That. Yes. I remember yeah. we went to the Palestine march and uh, I remember in and Sam was like, "Who the fuck were they?" And they were like, "They're just some some lads from Dublin, I know." Some viewers. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it was nice able to understand to Sam like just some. Some Dublin friends I made, like, you know, trying to be cool. Potential Uh, friends. Yeah, potential friends, exactly. (laughs) But then, so we've had a rake of adventure since. You were very much there, present during the time that me and Becky referred to as the era of, I'm told I had a good time. I wasn't the one telling you. (laughs) Take it up to more recent times, which I can remember. uh, We went to Cork together with Emma. So. First of all, actually, now that we've kind of caught up, Joe. Again, I love how we've different told everyone all about our relationship. There, uh, nothing with, like about that. No, is uh, there's no details in there no. at all. <laughs> not, we know each other. <laughs> we're not we're not people of detail, I yeah. guess. Uh, but I want to say since the last episode with Tig, um, it was a great episode. Uh, really enjoyed Tig's company. Very smart, funny chap. Uh, me and him left to go. Uh, where did we, we were heading off to. I don't know what we were heading off to do. I think it's going to be dues, actually. I'm not too sure. But me and Ty left his house and we're wandering towards Anger Street when we pass a pack of what I can only describe as gurriers. Actual little, small, 10 year old, terrifying gurriers. Uh, two of them had bikes, three of them had like grey goose jackets, or you no, know, North Face jackets, plenty of grey trackies going on. It's safe to say, me and Ty were terrified. And half a haircut between them. They had the inverse monk cut where I could not see the top of the head, but could see every single other fucking bit of their scalp, a bit of their back of their head and all that. And we were walking by. One of them tried to take Tig's hat. This happened literally 10 minutes after we, like, shut down the podcast. We said, right, out we go, whished. One of them tried to take Tig's hat. And Tig went, oh, you almost got me. Oh, whished. And they said something rude, I'd imagine. At this moment, I'd already, like, don't want you to go deaf with fear. I was already, like, all I could here was, pee, And my vision was just blinkered with, like, just get, 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 get to I was in fight or flight mode, and it was one hundred percent not going to be fighting. Didn't hear what he said. Didn't hear what Tyke said back. All that. I heard Tyke say he almost got me. Didn't hear what your man said back. There was just a few roars of g- g- whatever. Um, and next thing, something hits the window beside me, and for a second, I think oh, I've been shot. I was like, I am the driver in JFK's car. <laughs> like I've slumped forward and I am fucked. I looked over, and it was an egg. A egg had hit the window, and I look back to see like two or three more rain down upon us. One of them hit the back of my yellow leather bag thing that I have, I had to go into a spam and wipe it off. We got egged. I Egged by children. Can't remember the last time I ever heard of anyone getting eggs. I got egged. Oh a egg. Ah egg. Got fucking egg. And you were vegan. That was I the worst They knew. <laughs> no. They knew. At least throw like a tub of floral light at yeah. me. Don't throw eggs. We love floral light. We love floral light. She's lovely. Um but yes yeah, so literally that happened after we did the last episode of the podcast. It was not a, not a nice way to end that interaction. But I was in work Think you'll enjoy this Go on your criticism. You have been very busy Since that podcast as well Yeah You've been to EP Yeah so hold on a second We'll get to that now oh. So I'm doing it Chronologically Joe Oh myself and Joe Have gone through periods Of self growth In front of each other That have shocked each other Each time it's happened as well Where I took a took a, a, a moment to readjust How I greet people And say goodbye to people recently <laughs> Whereby I now fist bump people For some reason The first time I did it to Joe Joe stopped me mid bump And said what the fuck are you doing what is this making a tool of yourself Make, I, I, dead right yeah as always yeah. Uh, banging me making a tool of myself yeah. um and then only there recently we were in a bar somewhere and uh you gave me a nudge like right come on big man let's go you I'm, big manned me
1: yeah so i'm trying out a few different like words i'm trying to like mix up the slang yeah so i'm running through big man brov and son i'm like
0: son yeah joe's like we'll be walking through like, a, like someone will open it like a a security and will open it or like we walked or whatever and you go cheers brother don't do, stop doing that And every time we do that I say it to you stop doing that
1: or remember I called on I was like cheers young flu I was like what
0: uh, but yeah so since that episode anyway we, me and you went down to Cork with our friend Emma uh, and yeah. spent four days in Union Hall in Lep outside a Union Hall place outside of Lep which is where Union Hall is where War of the Buttons was shot and I remember we were coming over the yeah. bridge and I was like oh was the bridge from War of the Buttons and Emma and Mishy, who were driving, the, who was driving the car, both turned around and went. This is where War of Buttons was shot. And I was like, "That's amazing. Keep your eye on the road, please. We don't mind." But spent four days there, which was great. Me and Joel were got. To, we got. To, we were getting the train down to Cork on the weekend of Michael Collins' anniversary. Yeah, treading but, it like we were like, "I'm not looking forward to this." I was like, "I'm hungover.
1: I'm on a three-hour train, and I have no clue what I'm walking into." But it turned out to be
0: the best crack. I've ever had in my life. It was an insane few days. So me and Joe got on the train. We spent, spent 70 spuds on a ticket, first of all, each. Yeah. Didn't book seats, had to sit in the middle of the carriage, like on the floor. Luckily, we brought some cans and Animal Crossing, so swapped swapped some fruit and then yeah. played Animal Crossing. Yeah. yeah, but those people going down to those Michael Collins anniversary thing dressed as Michael Collins, it was like, you're not going to an anime convention. Yeah. It's the anniversary of a man's death. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. But then we were, play- we were living our Animal Crossing lives, fishing, doing all this sort of crack, not knowing that we were going to get to Cork. And live Animal Crossing, where the house where Emma had brought us to, like in, in, in a little pier. I had to give it was a little trip. of a pier in Union Hall. Uh, her boyfriend Mishy, who was this amazing, amazing chef who lived in Bray, um, had like fishing rods there, so we were like going fishing. Whatever he was caught, he used to cook within the hour yeah. and eat, and all this sort of crack Her father, Paddy Sherlock, who's an amazing musician, and while we're listening to his latest album, Dusk, um, was doing a show that night in like a church, whatever it was. Uh, And we went down And watched him play That was the first instance I think No I wasn't in the boot That time But I was in the boot Every other car journey You walked home that night We did walk home that night At my insistence And that was the night That it rained It did And my two pairs of socks Got soaking You have you need to sort that out. Yeah. Please. Uh, they're good shoes. I like the look of them, okay? Just because there's <laughs> no sole on them doesn't mean I don't have sole. I've got sole when I wear these fucking shoes. Like, I look banging. Yes, yeah, so and yeah, we just spent four days. And because um, Emma was ma- Emma's mad about bacon Mishy's a great chef. So we'd wake up and Emma would have made this amazing spread of like vegan scones and vegan pancakes and cereal, and all this sort of stuff. And then Mishi would cook dinner that night and we'd have a really leisurely breakfast of like three, four hours of just sitting around. And remember then Paddy was like, Right, come on, Editor, here. I bought a boat. So go help me pick we just go to a random man's back garden, picked up this boat full of false widows. Full of fucking false widows. I'd never heard of a false widow spider in my life and then saw more and heard more about it in four days than I've ever had before. Uh, but they are apparently spiders that look like black widows that do bite. I've come to learn that you apparently you have a big
1: like spider phobia, I've been told. I hate spiders. Yeah, but you put up so well with those. Like we were literally pushing about and like trying to like blow the false widows away from us. As we were
0: pushing it. trying to impress the lads. Yeah. Oh, it fucking worked. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you that much. But, so we were, again, wheeling this boat just through Union Hall and cars driving by going, Oh, well, Paddy, Oh, up? Sorry. Like, they were just like, grand boat going to the town. Fair enough. Yeah. Little hand truck, little hand trailer thing we used to bring it back. I just think that's the only time I was sober in that whole trip. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, yes, we got the boat back anyway. We went jumping off the pier then. And I i I repeatedly said that Mishy was like come on Mishy was mad for jumping off stuff and I was like no I can't Missy. I don't like my arm's going to come out again as it often does do they know about the arm thing oh I've mentioned it they say my arm just comes out a lot of the time uh, I jumped out of a tree in 2018 a 40 foot tree into a river and my arm came out I get dislocated and I put it back in and didn't do the physio and now it regularly comes out that was okay there's another Joe memory Dun Beach, Beach uh, where Joe we were frisbeeing with Paola and Becky and you know, all that and Ben oh yeah And Joe threw a frisbee towards me and I said, oh, I'm going to catch this. I shouted out, I'm going to catch this, like, with a high school musical jump. So I jumped, knees up, threw my arm back to catch it, arm immediately came out, dropped to my side, not moving, turned around to Becky and Paola who were on the towels. They saw my arm and both almost vomited with, like, disgust at how it looked. It looked fucking horrible. I
1: didn't believe it was real until I saw you turn around and there was a lump coming out of your shoulder. And I've never seen a more distraught face in my life. You were so... The colour
0: was gone from your face and into your shoulder. It was rotten. So, um, but yeah, so Mitch was like, look, it's not going to happen again. And I was like, no, you're dead, right? It definitely won't happen again. We charged off the pier. And the force of me actually just jumping back and throwing my arms out, it was out before I hit the water. And Joe, you have got footage of it. I do. Um, Actually... You only really get the audio of it here yes, have you got the audio? Oh. See, that's why i didn't jump in it was nothing to do with me being oh nervous. you absolute little spanner did not jump you're so like a wish all the <laughs> way to all ground and didn't even jump in no
1: i didn't jump in knowing that i'd have to save your life
0: oh and this is the thing yeah. so i jumped in got to the surface and i am like guys arms out my arm's gone my arm's gone my arm's gone mishy was in the water beside me and tried to grab me i said don't, don't 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 grab my arm jesus don't grab my arm but it was quite deep water yeah. and um he didn't know what to do. No, I just got into my jocks. I didn't have swimming trunks or togs or anything. So he just grabbed my jocks and started to trawl me back into the shore, to shore as I was trying to put my arm back in. And uh, so I was in incredible pain in my shoulder with loads of salt water in my mouth because I'd gulped as I fucking jumped in. And now I was being given the most salt water atomic wedgie as I was getting pulled back into shore. It was an incredibly uncomfortable five minutes. Do you have that on footage? Him... Literally well, dragging I, to shore with well, You officers. were filming I don't know oh, yeah. do, do you have it on film? I remember
1: filming it And being like Right Pete is like In the middle of drowning right now Do I keep filming Or do I put Man. the camera down And I just like wave my arms And like pretend like always I'm get trying the, to do something important
0: Always get the shot Yeah uh, Show package contents Let me see now Let's see if we can find This would be great And I'd love if this was on this I haven't seen any of this footage yet <laughs> No one's ever going to see any of this None of this is getting released Thankfully right. so Oh this is us In the thingy Okay it's earlier on than that I think you were in some very tight wetsuits as well. Oh, I was. We're getting there, boys. Do we mention the Queen's death while we're waiting? Just well, no, no, we'll chronology. get to that. Joe, there's a thing called chronology. Well, I don't okay. know
1: the chronology. You never fucking told me it. Keep
0: surrounding Grandel. No matter what I'm talking Oh shit, are you okay? You can hear me, like, actually go, let me I'm come on. Listen. Keep surrounding No matter what I'm talking
1: so I proceed to pick up the camcorder <laughs> and start recording you drowning.
0: So then Paddy was playing a gig that night as well. He we went along. He was playing with Neve Cavanaugh, the Eurovision song winner, person, um, and got me up to play. I've known Paddy about 10 years now at this point. I've known because I've known Emin Man on about 10 years as well. I met him in France. They're the first people I actually ever made friends with while doing shows, which is nice. But... Paddy had said oh bring a harmonica down and get up and do a track like it's and the guitarist playing with him was a guy called Bill Shanley who was great uh, great guitarist plays at Ray Davies now and things like that but he um, was like yeah bring a harmonica get up and do like a bluesy track and I was like okay cool so then he gives me the nod and he says right he gets on the mic and goes right. And the pub's ram Shanley's in, in Cork rammed Look, great great vibe in the place and he said right we're going to welcome to the stage now a very special guest we've got Pete Pete, Pete. Pete. Hadn't a fucking clue of my concern, I was Morrissey for a gig, where I just have as a one name fucking guy. Uh, but but the introduction them it was grand, and then Paddy brought us to all these like, little small tiny private beaches that night as well. He brought us to that like the haunted house and the Ringford place as well on the sort of Crackhead Like we were all mangled, and he was like, "I'll drive us home," and then brought us along like a tour of all the haunted spots of Union Hall. Like
1: I've never met a man more just up for it mm. than Paddy. You just be like midnight having a few like rashers and he'd go right. Let's just go for a drive. Yep. Like he, just get in, Pete. Get in the boot, and I'll just bring you somewhere.
0: Oh, we get we would we habitually get into the car yeah. with like whatever glass we were drinking. Probably like, right, let's go now. If you weren't finished your drink, it was like doesn't matter. We're leaving. Milk cartons full of crack and all this. Yeah, thing. exactly. So one of the nights, then we're all sitting around. It was like a kind of a bit of a lazy. It was the day before we were going home, and um, Paddy was like, right, get in the car. It was like half eleven, twelve or something. Paddy was like, right, get in the car. We're going, and we we're like, oh shit, okay. And so we just hopped in the boot, not knowing, having a clue where we were going. Drives us up to this fucking kind of mountain top kind of place, and starts walking. And he's he like, no phones, no lights, nothing. We're like, oh shit, okay. And then we're getting closer to the water, uh, the water's edge. And he goes, right, I'm naked. I'm totally <laughs> naked. And then we were like, whoa, shit, okay. I wasn't even like thinking of like, oh, are we going to skinny dip? It was immediately like, right, close off yeah. now. What turn is it's taken? Yeah. So, <laughs> so we all fucking stripped off, got into the water. Uh, and then Paddy's like, right, start splashing, they like, start moving. And that's when we realised there was phosphorescent plankton in the water. And we just started to glow in the midnight sun, yeah. <laughs> in the midnight moonlight of, of this fucking beach in Union Hall. Uh, I couldn't believe, it. it was so weird seeing, because like, you're not used to light happening, whether it's like heat, or or electricity, whatever, just yeah. seeing it react to movement, was incredible, it was a sight I couldn't believe, I genuinely had a really big moment, where I was like, I can't believe I'm actually seeing this, this is incredible, and then you were like, look what happens when I piss, <laughs> and you were pissing, and there was a stream of plankton, yeah. lighting up as your piss ripped through it, and, and then we, everyone like looking at me, to me it was a really lovely, beautiful, like romantic, like oh my god, this is, it's incredible to see movement, re- re- life react to movement in this situation, and I'm it's midnight, and I'm with a load of Riga really friends, and we're just in the water, really taking this moment. Oh, Joe's pissing <laughs> in the nip. In the nip, uh, I chucked your jocks into that lake yeah, as well. it. That's why you've been going commander ever since. I had some modesty. I was like, you know what,
1: I'll keep the boxers on. I'll, you know, I'll do the whole like the crack, but like you know, I'll have some modesty here. I turn around, my boxes are in Pete's hand somehow, <laughs> and he just throws them out to sea.
0: <laughs> the worst message in a bottle you could ever pick up. Oh my up. God, the skid marks in that bottle. I don't know what I message just... that sounds like. <laughs> and then we get out and took an in, a, a, an incredibly cursed series of pictures of us in the nip uh, and totally undercuts the poetic beauty of the of what the evening actually was. The only photographic evidence is us clasping our genitals, yomping around like eejits. is yeah. out for the lads arse is out for Harambe that end of that holiday we came back it was all grand I worked for a few days then we ended up going to EP another weekend I don't really remember was it even a weekend I don't like well I got there on Thursday you went the last day my phone was dead I was dead I lost you at like
1: 4pm we went to TIG at Hot Press Love him by the way, he just kept giving me cans.
0: Oh, Tyg Williams at Hot Press. Yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. So, we bumped into Tyg again at Hot Press. We reconnected. And uh, we, he came over to us for I, I was working the minefield stage with Ben Mulligan's dad on the Saturday, helping loading in gear and things. Like that. But I was chatting to like the Love Buzz and all that outside. And last Apollo were knocking around. So, it was a really good, nice gang of people all bombing around together. And I, I got to see Adore, Lara, and Lachlan, and Anisha, and, and, and all that as we were all knocking around. Loads of good heads. Yeah, yeah and Tyg, it was like, if you come in, I'll give you a can. And we were like, well, obviously, we respect what Hot are trying to do. So, of course, we'll sit down. But if there's a can going, we will of course <laughs> take it. Uh, but no, EP was a great weekend. That
1: was great. I remember my favourite moment of that hot press thing was someone getting interviewed and talking about how much like music, how it means to them, how great it is to be playing Electric Picnic, and how like they move on to the next stage. The floor opens. Anyone have any questions? Peter Hanlon puts his hand up. What's your favourite
0: Westlife song? <laughs> I w- I had been imbibing that day. Yeah. I was <laughs> I, I was in pieces uh, it was a very I remember on the Sunday morning kept saying like oh, the campsite crack was great crack as well I remember on Sunday morning I was like right guys I'm going I'm getting like the morning shuttle home good luck, good luck good luck cut to me at Arctic Monkeys 13 hours later still waiting on my lift to bring me back it was a nice weekend though I had a great time
1: I didn't know you were safe till the next day because my phone died and I just lost you oh. I got, turned my phone, got a charge the next day on the way home in the car text from Pete I got home by the way <laughs> Like one o'clock that
0: like morning. Did a fucking great disappearing act. Uh, so yeah, I don't drag too much into EP, but EP was good crack. What was your EP highlight? EP highlight uh, was uh, waking up in the tent on the Saturday morning in Becky's soaking wet leaked tent, uh, clothes a ton weight on my stomach and legs cramping so much that they woke me up and Roisin met, uh, told me, it was Friday night, like three or four in the morning, I was woken up by the pain of my stomach and legs cramping because I was so cold. And um, Roisin coming into the tent and saying, um, I can hear your teeth chattering from my tent. I was so uncomfortable. True, true misery. Oh, best moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the
1: moment where I didn't feel like that ever again. <laughs> I remember it was like 3 a.m. It was like a lashing raining. I like hear a knock on the tent. <laughs> like who knocks on a tent first of all? The zip comes down Pete, Sorry, do you have a sleeping bag for me? Because you said <laughs> you'd for I me. And I did. Yeah. And you never came. I gave you it. I oh, was so grateful. You were like, "Thank you so oh, much." I was in. You was Like you were
0: just in your boxers, by the way. Just I, like I had to take like the around. clothes off because yeah. they were so wet. I was in rag order. I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, was, was it was the best moment? Again, I got to, got to play a song with the door, which you go from. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say that I did. The Thursday night I played with the Salty Dog No Stars, the people who I did the David Bowie album with that I didn't know. We played "Let It Bleed" by the Stones in its entirety with Mick Pyro, the singer from Republic of Loose, who was Tige's Vopal on the last episode public loose on the Late Late Show he drops the microphone and just has a bit of a mare yeah we, we did a great show with them it was great, great to play bass really simple album uh, it was playing with Dan Fitzpatrick and your man Adam from from Gilliband really good lineup. and the set was great really enjoyed it and then got to see Ab Ab's gig then on the Friday uh, we went to see Love Buzz as well on the Saturday night that was great I really they, liked they that they were really good yeah. uh, and then Sunday Sunday the, the Cracking the camps, it was just great. We had a really cool circle of people knocking around, but already really enjoyed. And we just went to the hot press tent and kept getting free pints backstage until someone said, "Hey guys, this is a private event. You can't be here anymore." And We were like, "Right, it's not private." So fair. They just wanted to not be. It was a yeah. gig. Like you could pour your own pints. No, the Sunday was great. Crack. I was just having too much fun to leave. I was, I was going to leave Saturday night. Like literally, Becky and I were just like
1: forcing you to say, "We were like, remember you're like, I'm going at like 11 It started off like, "I'm going this morning." Yeah. And then we're like, "Okay, now we'll go like to a gig." And then we, worked, we went to a gig and there was like cover bands on we went to the trailer park. We went backstage, You we ran into Paddy and then you're like, right, yes. I'll stay for, for another can. Yeah. And then another can. Then you're like, right, I'll go say goodbye to Ty at Hot Press and then it just turned into you
0: just staying the for whole time. day. I had a great time. I had a really nice time. It might have been my favourite day because it was so unexpected. I knew I was going to be there from... Also my favourite day because I wasn't with you for it. Yeah. So I would love totally. to that. I remember at one point... Uh, there was like a two o'clock shuttle heading back and I remember asking I don't know if it was you or if it was Lucy or whoever ended up taking care who ended up being my 24 hour care person that day caregiver uh, saying like what time is it because I have to get the shuttle back at two and they're like it's six (laughs) okay well I would have been home by now (laughs) Uh, but EP was great then I came back home had work for two days where my manager this is what I want to bring up as well my manager Ken great chap uh, I'd mentioned that I was at EP well I'd mentioned it in that I'd applied for the days off at great hassle to the roster um, and he said, oh, do you know I was in a band once And I was like, <coughs> class uh, He was like, I was in a band once and I was like, oh, no way, what was it called? He goes, well, we were only teenagers We were called Metal Fortress We were a thrash metal band And I was like, what? class The pipeline of thrash metal to running zero waste health food business Why does that make so much sense at yeah, the same time though? Yeah, yeah, But I, he was like, we had one song And I was like, give me that title right now And he said, "This." it was called Who the Fuck Cares? We actually do. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do. No, like sincerely do about zero waste products. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And then worked two days there and then ended up getting on the ferry with Eddie and Sh- uh, Eddie and Connor, who was in the episode prior to TIGES when Connor Lumsden, who's from the number ones. Uh, Eddie and Kenrick as well from the number ones, who's my local barista as well. He gives me my coffee and bang bang. Uh, just around the corner. and uh, We all got on a ferry and went over to Static Shock Weekender, which is Static Shock Record, which is like a punk kinda hardcore label we're putting on this festival weekend where all the acts on the roster would play. The number ones are on that label and they were stuck for bass player. So I signed up uh, and we went over and got to do that. Had a great time on the ferry uh, and three trains. We got on the ferry and heard the Queen was in hospital. Phones went dead on the ferry. Landed in Hollyhead to hear that the Queen had bit the big one. She was gone. She had ceased to be, which was Insane. Being there for that, like, it was a bit like, you know, I was in Paris when Ukraine was invaded and France went into, like, fucking defence mode and all this sort of crack. And again, I went to another country where massive international news had just happened. I was like, what the fuck? Like, stop going abroad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bad shit happens when I go abroad. It was the garage in Islington was where all the bands were playing. Again, I was brought to a Weatherspoon before the gig where everyone was meeting up. I got to meet, like, the whole gang of community. And I'd never been so welcome to a community, like, straight away. Eddie and them were like, oh, this is Pete, he's playing with us. And everyone was like, right, sound, you're, like, in with us now, we're all mates. It was. A, I thought it'd be a bit of like a clicky kind of sceney kind of like. Well, well, we know these people so just, and stay with your own love. but It was most. It was the most. We're all. We rearranged all the tables and spoons into one like massively long Viking banquet kind of thing, and just all sat around there. Everyone who got up and went for a pint to take their seats and all sit around. we just met a load of really nice, fun people. Met a lad who had. Oh, he was, it's a lad called Baron, who's a, a punk lad from. I thought I didn't know hardcore punks would be so nice. Nice surprise. Uh, but your man Baron was—he's from Yorkshire, and he just had the most incredible accent. He was like, "Yeah, well, my name's Baron. I'm from and I, I love punk bands like Ramones and Dead Kennedys. And I've loved them since I was like 11. It's great. Like, love it." And I was like, "You just fucking keep talking to me. I love your accent so much." <laughs> uh, but to we began to see a few bands with some great bands on, like Warthog and Lotion. Uh, and like Diat, I think they were called and bands like Love, I- <laughs> love Island <laughs> island, love. Island, island of Love they were <laughs> called but they they've been misspelt misspelt on the poster as Is a land of love they put an A ah accidentally in it so then they did have a t-shirt that said Is a land of love as well just <laughs> for the crack like and um, Really good bands. Everyone really going to see. It, it was one of the things where, like, everyone, when you're at like a festival, you're at like a bill of bands. It was like, oh man, I'll come see your set. Like, yeah, deadly Grand. No one ever does. These people actually did. They were like, oh, we all we're all moving as a group to everyone's set as it happens. And things like that, and we ended up playing on the Sunday night. So two days have been like out in the place with all these people, seeing all the bands play, great crack, uh, and everyone's like, oh, we're dying to see the number one set. We kinda wait. I didn't know the number ones were like they've going for about 10 years or so but I didn't know they were held in such high regard with this group of people and then we get to Sunday and everyone's like yeah we're here for the fucking gig Like, we're, the, the, the venue had moved now from the garage in Islington to the Lexington uh, which I'd actually played before years ago um, and everyone's like oh, we're dying to see your set like and you're the new number one like oh big shoes to fill oh this is a crack and I was like oh Jesus Christ fucking this is going to be mad everyone actually came along and I haven't been getting to know them the last two or two days or so everyone's like oh they are she's on Daily God and massive sing-alongs in and everything I had a fucking great time uh walking around with the lads having a great laugh and again just getting the ferry and the train there look and the, i wonder when i went over with the lads as well i was like right um well, should i bring a guitar or do you want to do you have one you want to give me whatever and eddie and connor were like oh no we're not and sean as well goucher the the guitar player the three of them were like oh no, no we're not we're not bringing any instruments with us i was like we're, we're headlining the festival so <laughs> like, what are you talking about I like, oh, will get some more there when we get there like I remember one of the lads' words exact words were fuck carrying a guitar for three days I was like Jesus Christ we're just going to ask for guitars when we get there and they're like yeah yeah so we got to the we were loading in being like the headline band yeah. and they were like asking one of the bands like yeah, can we borrow your guitars like, it was like you know that band memes thing of like six set bro can I borrow your amp but it was like yeah. six set can I borrow all your guitars for us oh. to play our headline <laughs> set like we ended up being great I had a really really fun time um, and everyone was very very nice uh, and 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 that's all folks that's the news
1: what's your news Joe you're emigrating I hear I am, I'm going to Barcelona in two weeks Okay Two weeks ago and two weeks before that
0: And so Joe, two weeks from now Joe's been telling me he's been going to Barcelona since the day I met him in 2020 I don't know But uh, Joe gave me a hard date of like Oh I'm leaving like the 25th September That's when I'm going to head And I said okay And I said when are you going? Said, well like when, when I get a job <laughs> Good luck to you with that Yeah
1: good luck to me Anyone have any jobs in Barcelona get back to me, thanks Time to get into it I'm actually going to
0: Barcelona though Oh enjoy that I will have a good time. Thanks so that's, what you, that's what you've been up to. I'm going I'm to Barcelona. Going to Barcelona yeah. Planning my plan to plan to go to Barcelona. Uh, so it's time to kick in. Okay. To the seggies, to the segments. Okay. Away you go, Joe. Bring us into well, the first I'm segment. Give a second to think a Hello, Sydney. This is Sonic Seconds. Brilliant, well done That that was like pulling fucking teeth It was, yeah Is that from Scream, is it? It may as well be <laughs> <laughs> This is Sonic Seconds Where we pick two or three seconds From a track That make the track for us Now Joe I hear you're going to subvert it With an anti-Sonic Second I've got both Oh, give us two Okay
1: So obviously my Sonic Second Is the Ola In Old Town By Phil
0: it That's very good So Phil Innet, Old Town is one of Phil little little Finish. Your mother Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Phil Linnet, if you invert the lyrics the, the lyrics, if you invert the letters of his two names, is Lil Finnet, which sounds like a like a like a Soundcloud rapper. But this is one of his solo singles that I love. Is this from the album? Is it solo and Soho or what's the album called? It's called the Philip
1: Linnet album. Oh. It's not Yellow Pearl. Can you speak
0: into the mic, please? Oh sorry.
1: Cracking up. Uh yeah, it's from the album The Philip Linnet album. It's a solo album after Lizzie Broke up. Okay. I think Yellow Pearl's on the album as well. Oh, That makes the song Like the song is grand Until he says hello to you in
0: Spanish And then it's just Mind-blowing But uh, when I think of the song I think of the Hola That's why I'm going to Barcelona Because of that song Fucking dead right Dead fucking right No you're a massive
1: Lizzy head No I am Like my dog's called Lizzy That's much of (laughs) a Lizzy head I am My obese dog She's dead Lee You love Lizzy
0: Rip Lizzie right (laughs) away, Rip Queen Lizzie. (laughs) But but no, you're a master to Lizzie head. I love that. Remember we had well, yes, that's another thing. Sorry, but an early aspect of our friendship was like you were friends with a load of DJs at the time, and you were like, I'm dying for like a fucking indie night or whatever. We were in your house one of the days. Uh, You live also your neighbor Bram Stoker. Oh yeah, Tram Stoker, great bloke. Yeah, (laughs) always good for an (laughs) actress. Bit spooky, but like, like, um, but we were in your room one of the days and just were putting on like. Stone Roses and Lizzie and Go Mad and all that oh me and you had a great moment talking about we geeked out inside the button factory over the that's actually that's my Sonic Second I'm going to bring that up now so what uh, we'll tell you there in a second I'm going to see into that it's perfectly you. so on the on the Lizzy on the fill in it Sonic Seconds this Sonic Second comes from live and dangerous Aye, why isn't fucking Spotify loading do you want my phone no, I've got my own fucking phone, mate. Oh, my leg's cramping. Back at EP. Ugh. Right, so this comes from Thin Lizzy Live. They would do this thing where at the end of Cowboy Song, Phil and it would sing the last line Cowboy's life is the life for me. And because the way that the final note was going to land, they were able to see into their one of the greatest party getting ready to go out songs of all time yeah That's like transition of the century. Yeah, that's music completed. I go, yeah, 100%, yeah. all the PlayStation 5 trophies <laughs> done. No, that like, if I saw that live, would blow my tits off, oh. I'd be gone. Apparently people got so used to it that he used
1: to like pause it and he like wouldn't do it. Wait for like, ages. Yeah. Uh,
0: another 22nd actually in that track, there's a bit in the solo that I think is really tasty. <laughs> that bit there i think is absolutely gorgeous as well scott garham unbelievable guitarist i let myself down a bag full in school once when we were all getting to music first like in like fourth class uh and oh, probably like fifth class or so uh, but i remember myself and josh and uh, connor bates who was learning guitar at the same time we were all in like the little shed or like the little the what was it called Like the, it looked like a little dugout at the bottom of our playground i can't think of what we used to call it the shelter the shelter um talking about like our favourite guitarists and I, uh, the only guitarist I'd ever heard of at this point was like Scott I, Like obviously I'd heard of, like the biggies but I was like I'm trying to be cool and um, I remember Josh was like oh you know fucking man Jimmy Pitt fucking class, and Connor Bates was like oh no man it's all about Hendrix like no 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 all this sort of stuff and I was like no lads uh, Scott Gorham's actually like deadly uh, and I kept putting, no man these are all wrong like Scott Gorham's the dude and then Connor Bates turned to me and said Pete no one knows who Scott uh, Gorham is he's not the best not even Scott not even Scott knows no. who he fucking is no but I love that bit in that so now your other Sonic second well first can I just have a
1: quick shout out to the riff in Last Christmas by Wham yeah why because it's a fucking
0: right Put it up to the mic. <laughs> I love that you think that's that like Sonic Second Sonic Second.
1: <laughs> that's Sonic Seconds. That is Sonic Seconds. That is, that is.
0: I love you. Like, can I give a quick shout out to Last Christmas by one? The best
1: Christmas song ever written. Absolutely not.
0: I will fight you over this. No, stop the cavalry. No, you stop your fucking mouth. It's it is literally <laughs> what i Christmas. No, it isn't. Right. Anyway, go on. What is? So, Joe, you said to me earlier on, you've got an anti-sonic second. I do, and it's the whole. It's the whole bridge of songs. So this is kind of cheating.
1: So it's not a second, and it is the breakdown in Cool for Cats by Squeeze.
0: Oh, ruins what? the fucking okay, song. Okay, I I think I could do without it. Like I'm f- like whatever. I don't think it's the best bit of the song, but I like I like some of the syncopation. No, as no, as no. As like
1: this whole like bongo crap that goes on. Like doing, like <laughs> do a Moby Dick crack. At, like no. So as you get into the song, like this is great, like, the rhythm's great, you're getting into it, and then they just break it down for no reason, just to be gas bastards, to go back into a great song again.
0: No, I think it's, it, you need something. They do, they do it too long live, to be fair. Yeah, like this bit. I think you needed the break. You needed the break. Oh, 10 minutes break, You needed to break it up.
1: The bang, I want to be Pink Floyd off that crack, like. It's it, it no. suits it
0: so well because then they go from like a really like succinct, dead, dead, tight, really tight little pop song thing into like squirgy bit of crack. Yeah, like. but would you
1: be us Just give me the cool for cats. That's, I'm here for the
0: cool for cats. I'm I here for that. I think you need to stick to what well, you know. You needed the pace breaker. I think that's why they have Ivor Novello Awards, Joe, <laughs> to be honest. That's why I don't. Yeah, dead fucking right. Was that it? That should, we did two Sonic Seconds there. Each? Oh no, my actual Sonic Seconds. Sorry. My actual Sonic Second for this episode comes from a band I think are going to come up later on. This is R.E.M. Live. You can fuck right fucking no, off, man. R.E.M. It's the end of the world as we know it. Okay? It's the end of oh, my sure. earlobes as I fucking know it. Little bit of shit. End of the world as we you know it. Live in Berlin. Okay, and there's a line. There's um. There's a line where, one of the verses, uh, Michael Stipe says that, he mentions like um a load he had a dream that he was in a dream with loads of people whose initials were lb right uh, and so one of the verses is him listing off all those people and there was a stop where they would mention leonard bernstein stein i don't know which one it is uh but the verse is yeah the other night i drifted nice continental wide, mountain sit in a line leonard bernstein and that goes on to like leonard brest nev lenny bruce and lester bangs all lb names but they used to stop at leonard bernstein Steen I, I don't know which one it is I'm sorry guys but they do it live in Berlin and the roar from the crowd of Leonard Bernstein is incredible and really makes me happy when I hear it I also think Peter Buck is an incredibly cool gentleman we'll get to all that later on Joe is looking very upset book. at me right now huh? he's an awful book he's a great book imagine that Imagine being in a band where like the the last verse of your song was one stop you said the name Leonard Bernstein and the whole entire audience of like 20,000 people roar that name 20,000 losers (laughs) I think it's a great song I think that's brilliant and I think that I love audience moments where that happens like there's a great it's a great uh, clip of Hugh in the news doing doing Boys Are Back in Town actually uh, live in some small club in like the late 80s and the crowd just going fucking mental for it. I love seeing crowd interaction with band stuff live. It's so life affirming. I love it. I've got another
1: song a second for you. Okay. The end of any OREM song ever because it's fucking over. That is my Sonic
0: second. <laughs> <laughs> right, we will get to them in a bit. That's my Sonic second. There. I think that song's great. The first time I saw that's the first time I ever heard of that song was I was renting a DVD with Dad. We ended up renting Paul Blart and Mall Cop in vision. Well not the best decision. Uh, but I remember on the telly behind the popcorn machine in the extravision in Cavan there was MTV playing. So Dave, like, being in extravision in the late 2000s or mid to, mid to late 2000s and having MTV on behind the popcorn machine in extravision, I think is really nice one. And the fact that it was the video for this song as well I think is very good. I like that. I like that moment. Joe's shaking his eyebrows at Explains me. Explains a lot. <laughs> Hello, Sydney. That was Sonic Seconds. <laughs> Sonic Seconds I love that quote from Scream That's definitely in Scream as well uh, So that's the most amount of sonic seconds we've had per capita On an episode There's only two Yo. of us in those five sonic seconds Yo. Cheers brother This is Vopa. Singing, singing badly And we listen to them gladly It's the Vopa. Oh shit, sorry, one more time uh, That's a quote from our very own Joe Doherty Joe Dotser It's mad if you were in England You'd be called Joe Doherty I am from England And in England right now I forgot Right, so Vopaz, where we, we bring up an instance of a singer just being shite. Go on. Um, any performance ever of Axl Rose. Ever. <laughs> Can only
1: agree. I'll get an example one sec. Oh, you're actually going with Axel, are you? Actually Rose. Actually
0: Axl Rose.
1: No one, no
0: oh. yeah, well, it was a bad idea. I, I, like, there's a band, Guns N' Roses are a band I have never, ever, ever given a fucking fuck about never cared about them. Do you know who used to love them? Who? Gourmet. Oh, poor Conor, Conor Gourmet from Milk.
1: Yeah, he loved Guns N' Roses. Frank yeah, well, he's never come to the For about though. five months, I'd oh, say. God.
0: Oh, well, that's five months too long. Yeah, I know. Uh, that didn't sound very good at all. Actual Rose is, he looks like a wax figure of Axel Rose melting. No, he ne- does. And I don't like him. No, I'm not a fan. My Vaupin is a bit of, it's an opinion poll one. Like, I want to play yeah. it and see if you think it's bad. Because I, I hear it and go, is that good or is it not? I can't. I can't tell okay, And it's on a recording as well Rare enough you get Vopaz that are actually on a recording But I can't figure out if it is or not Okay, Now it's by the Three Degrees It's called When Will I See You Again Now this was during a period where I went over to England uh, it's, a f- it's a failed love adventure for Pete uh, As Joe knows there's plenty It's in the song When Will I See You Again Which I listened to an awful lot when I come back from this trip uh, Because it didn't go my way And did you ever see them again? I did, but no, it was a failed uh, love venture, um, and I listened to the song on off. I had to come back and isolate for two weeks and listen to the song exclusively in the Airbnb that I rented for two weeks. But it's called When Will I See You Again by the Three Degrees, and I think it's the middle eight. Also, this is an absolutely incredible song. Do you know the song? No. Nope. Well, Turns out I did have to cry the whole night through, actually. Tear. I Can't tell if that, that, that notes n- in key. Mm-hmm. Everyone I hear, I go. Kind it sounds of
1: like she's th- slightly in pain, but she's not sure herself if she's in pain or not.
0: But like it kind of, it makes my teeth kind of go on edge a bit. I can't tell.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's rotten. Is it out? That's rotten, yeah. It's like the um, outro to um, Dreams by the Cranberries as well is a bit of a, like, like get over
0: it, like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stop yodeling. I mean, yeah, no, fair. I love that song so much, but I just, ca- I can't tell if it's in key. And I think if I'm questioning it, it probably isn't. Yeah. So it's a vote-pah for me. Fair. It's a vote from for me. It's a vote-fair. Vote-fair. Uh, any other vote pass? no? Bono declaring
1: that Bloody Sunday isn't a rebel song is a vote-pah. <laughs> this is not... A Rebel podcast. Yes. But at the same time, that is the best version of that song. It's a great version. It's that
0: yeah. uh, live at Red Rocks, is it? No? It's under the Blood Moon Yeah, it's yeah. live at Red Rocks. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a very good live U2 album. Yeah. Really it good. It's mad that was before Joshua Tree and they were playing like Red Rocks in America. Like, that's a like, huge venue. Yeah. Is that the outdoor one? It's the outdoor yeah. one. It's like, it's like, it looks a bit like Hollywood Bowl, but is isn't Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Uh, cheers, brother. That was Vopa. Singing, singing badly, and we listen to them gladly. Still. Oh, pa- oh, shit. Sorry, one more time. Now we get to a very important segment for our Joe fus Something that he's brought up so much in talk of the podcast for so long. Joe's been like, when I come on, I'm bringing this up. We're gonna go into, and you're gonna intro it, Joe. And you know what you're gonna? Do you want your, Actually, do you know what? what? I'm gonna intro this segment. What's the segment called? The other night, I drifted nice continental drift divide. Mountains sit in a line. Leonard Bernstein. This is Guilty Hatreds. This is Guilty Hatreds Where we bring up bands We feel bad about not liking But I can tell you for a fact That Joe has no guilt About how much he hates this band And Joe full on believes I'm speaking for Joe here now And I know for a fact I can, I can say this Joe fully believes This band do not deserve to exist What is the band Joe? Fuck O They're just called O E M.
1: O E M. Like honestly I would be so happy If they just never existed Talk me through this what's wrong with them your man's voice what's his name michael stipe don't even want to know his name (laughs) him right he can he sounds like a whining pigeon is what he fucking sounds like and anytime i hear him speak talk sing or fart i'm like you can fuck off so no i think joey likes them which is another reason why i hate them
0: okay well i hate joey so
1: and their songs are crack as in shite crack
0: (laughs) Joe, you're not, okay, you're not talking like a music psychologist. No, know? I am a music psychologist <laughs> and they can fuck off. <laughs> like, sincerely. Okay, so, is that all the points you're going to make? It sounds childish what? as fuck. Like, I don't know. Like, okay, Joe, well, all I can say is good point, well argued. I'm convinced is. they're actually crap now. Yeah. What's wrong with them? It's it's his voice and it's just the lyrics
1: and the rhythm and he just sounds like a child trying to sing. I don't know. And the acoustic guitar crack, what's what's that like?
0: It's Peter Buck being great. No, it's not. It's Okay. <laughs> What I'm gonna say is that R.E.M. in their later days succumbed to pretensions that were always there, but were just hidden by great guitars and cool hair. Okay, early on in their early on in the career, they were like a great, like kind of like a, alt, for all intents and purposes, power pop band. Did some great tracks that I thought were really really cool. Uh, their, their their album document the first big 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 one for them. Like Murmur was their first album. It was like great, really well, but I don't think it's kind of great. But I like the kind of lo-fi kind of production of it. I think Document has some great tracks. Like Exhuming McCarthy's is a great track on Document. The big hits, I will say, when they became mega mega, the late eighties, early nineties hits like Automatic for the People and all those, I wouldn't be a fan of that. I th- what's that song? Every- not, not everybody's changing. What's this? It, it, the big, big, massive. Well, not everybody's changing, but you know what the fucking track I am talking about? Everyone hurts. Everybody hurts. I hate that song I think it's absolutely terrible really if it comes on it's one of those only tracks no there's plenty of tracks that it will turn off one of the only tracks it's a track that comes on when it does come on I go I cannot listen to this I do genuinely really hate it I think Shiny Happy People is a really funny song no I fucking hate that song so much but it's just a version of what because they released it being like this is a crap song we're so big. We put it's so crap. It's subverting exactly what they would expect from us because we've just had a load of like classy albums. We're gonna put out this single for. I know that's the, the w- most wankery thing. <laughs> Ever that is such an
1: excuse, just like I'm just gonna write a shit pop song to make money, or like not even just to be a fucking lazy cunt. Okay, I feel like okay, and then be like, oh, this is ironic, bro. Like, fuck off. No, it's not. And what the fuck are you doing in a corner? And what are you losing? Nothing. Like, get up, <laughs> get up, and fucking button trousers on, and fucking grow your hair out again, and do some sh- something fucking that's useful. That's okay.
0: So that's okay. Lose my religion again. Okay, attracted. Like it's so big, it's crushed under its own weight. Like, fair. It's like a whale on land. I get that. Not one favourite. my favorites. My, uh, what I like about them is I think it's the end of the world as you know it is a cracking single. Really good. Song. Song. Love the lyrics and that. Love the Roman lyrics. Love the the, the the chords in the in the chorus. Incredible. I think Peter Buck's a great guitarist. Was able to come up with really simple riffs that are great to play. Uh, Bill Berry, the drummer, was fantastic. The bass player, uh, his name is Mike, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike, was his name. That'd be a great stage name, Mike, 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 Pete, Mike Mills, Mike Mills. I was close. Uh, I think. He's a great bass player. They were one of the only bands that I think were truly on equal standing in terms of creativity as well. They often talk about how they were yeah, like. they I'm gonna let that sit there for a second. Um, <laughs> not... No, because even like they like they would all write tracks. Things like Mike Mills sings that track. Don't go back to Rockville. Great. They were able to like do some really good country stuff. They could do all hard. Like they got like what's the frequency, Kenneth, which is a great heavy rock song. Uh, they were they were big friends of Billy Bragg. Which is. What we'll gives them that? Yeah, it was kudos to them. We'll give them that? They sing the backing vocals on You Woke Up My Neighborhood and Peter Buck plays guitar on that. I think Peter Buck's a really cool guy. He's one of the reasons I like, do I go back to being called Peter? Because he's called Peter. I don't fucking know. I think he's a Peter. Oh, that's another thing as well. Yeah. Going back to our friendship with Joe. Um, our friendship with Joe. Our friendship with Joe. I would get texts from Joe on like a Thursday saying, Peter, with like eight A's. And I would know I'm not going to like wake up till Monday morning. <laughs> It's one of those kind of texts I get. I'm always terrified, but also delighted when I do get them. Um, okay, thoughts on... Um, but hold on i I'm not to my point yet. R.E.M. are so good, I've ripped them off. Uh, do you know our track, Wallflower? The Zen Arcade track, yeah. Wallflower. The melody in that, the, I think you might, I an invite, a is the melody in the verses for that. R.E.M. have a little B-side track, I believe, that was on like a compilation or whatever called All The Right Friends. Now have a listen to this melody here, Jonesy. see if you remember this. You say, Nick that verse. Um, but no, I think they're great. I think they have some great moments early on in the career. They're really kind of scrappy, young, skinny band with like cool guitars and things like that. Really, production that do, that isn't too it not too cool. It's just very kind of cheap sounding, which I like. Um, and you know, their first clip on Letterman Peter Buck is ripping into his Rickenbacker like nobody's tomorrow. Like nobody's tomorrow. Yeah, That's an REM album. sounds sending like an album here on you album. Nobody's tomorrow. No, I th- I think you're so totally incorrect. I think A- OriM no. I think they occupy the exact space they should occupy in music, which is one of very high standard no. and very high esteem.
1: No, honestly, like very few things get me more angry in the world than REM. <laughs> Like they keep me up at night sometimes. Oh. Like what's like what's that song? Would you believe what a man on the moon? Like did
0: you believe yeah. that there's a man on the moon? That's yeah. a great track. No, it's, it's not. So it's so good. Andy Kaufman in and the restaurant makes match. Makes no fucking sense. It doesn't matter. To it no, makes sense. It,
1: no, it doesn't. It, what, it because Lizzy made a loads of song. sense. It's grand if it's a good song, but it's just a shit song, a shit chorus. It's not. Your it's man's a great
0: whiny. chorus. He's like it's jumping great, up and down all he singing. He doesn't have the best voice in the world. I will give that to him, but I also like singers who overcome their inability to sing by being great songwriters yeah, and then being in a massive band. Yeah, grand, but some people just shouldn't be singers. And that's him. Yeah, I know, but like, neither should Geldof, but like, he's a great... Oh, no, Geldof's
1: a good singer, doesn't have a good voice.
0: Your man has not a good voice or is a good singer. Joe, I so cannot disagree with you more. They perfectly, I think they handled... Okay, I will say, in terms of like, attitude and that in the late 80s, 90s, they did kind of eat themselves a bit in terms of like, Michael's like becoming this like, kind of like, very much a virtue signalling, kind of like, I'm here to like save A bit of a Bono joke. They did kind of like go the U2 way of kind of like, we are so the best people alive, which I don't really buy into. But I do think that they just became so monumentally large that they just weren't able to handle Because they came from, like, the, the Atlanta... I think it's Atlanta, Georgia, or something like that, had a hardcore scene where they were friends with loads of these bands that were all kind of really cool. And they just came from that and then suddenly were, like, absolutely massive. And their first album was, like... Rolling Stone had it as album of the year when it came out. And I think it was the same year that, like, Thriller came out. So they were, like, immediately straight away held up as these incredibly highly record... highly credible bands. And I think they really are. I think some of the stuff they do is really, really interesting to listen to. Uh, and again, I'm like a, I want two and a half, long. again, their period where they were doing two and a half minute long quick songs with a simple course and easy verses, great. Like Radio Free Europe, uh, that's a f- a great, absolutely great little single that, uh, is it sets out the stall really well. It sets out a stall that they didn't pursue more, but... Uh, I I think is an absolutely banger track. The, I will say so. I like songs that are like story songs. The lyrics are easy to follow. I don't know any of the lyrics. I couldn't other than the lyrics in is any words you know? I don't know any other lyrics. More Moriam. but I just think even this sounds fucking great. Ralph Harris there in the beginning. <laughs> that's like looking after the bone by the rats. Like that's yeah, really cool. He's singing it. I think it's his face it, it just annoys me That's what it is Like I said When he, when he went bald And had the little Simba monobrow orange knee That was yeah. a bit annoying I get that no, I'm not saying They haven't been annoying But like what band hasn't I find so many bands Way more sickening Than R.E.M And I think they have The musical credibility To back it up right. no, I haven't listened to Many of their albums I like Document I like uh, What's the other R.E.M album That I like None no, How fair. many albums do they have Plenty uh, so i also they're like they released a live album for live at the olympia in dublin uh, and it's a great live album awesome. so uh oh yeah life's rich pageant i think is great document i think it's a great album when you get to like the late 80s early 90s albums like out of time and green automatic for the people monster like the mega mega hits albums i'm not as massive a fan of that but when they were just a scrappy early 80s alt kind of band love them think they're great really really big fan of that i'm not i'm not a fan of the bits the bits that you that define your head for them and the bits I don't like about them either but early albums great untouchable I think a really good band for that era I think that's
1: the biggest little wank and I think they're annoying and I think that they should never have existed and they haven't done anything good for music like who have been influenced at OEM that have been like good? I think there
0: was like cyclical influence between them and like U2 and like the Pixies and all this in a crack exactly what's wrong with those bands the Pixies what's wrong sure. with U2 I would love to know what's wrong <laughs> oh God, that's a different conversation <laughs> <laughs> no I think Oh, I like, no, there's plenty of. I, I don't know. I actually don't know what the pipeline is from like Orem to like current bands. I wouldn't actually really know. But I think there was a lot of like. They were very. I think they had their like finger on the pulse of like culture a lot of the time, which a lot of bands didn't have or wouldn't have. They were like able to dictate and also respond to culture in a way that a lot of bands didn't. Which I feel like that's why U2 went so monumentally large as well, they were able to like tap into culture in a way that other bands couldn't and were able to be to define a cornerstone of a time in the planet and also react well enough to it to create amazing work without becoming too bloated. And I feel like both bands flew very very close to the sun with work being too bloated and they did release albums that were too bloated but that was after the fact. After their point of maximum relevance, I feel. Which is what happens to a lot of bands. Anyway, I guess. I think if they, like, one of them died or something
1: they'd be, like, better off because, like, they wouldn't (laughs) grow old enough to get annoying.
0: Mm, I don't know. Know. Like, like I said I think they might have always been kind of mildly pretentious but it just was hidden behind cool hair and then when the hair went they were kind of fucked uh, so I get that I didn't even
1: know they ever had hair they
0: did have hair so settled you, you love orem no fuck R.E.M. no I've turned your I've I hate them no you I, love them
1: I would rather b- listen to All Time Low than Orem which is saying something
0: oh All Time Low oh, oh, so Joe came out at lunch today that Joe doesn't like shake it by Metro Station so every point you make is valid invalid Ever written it actually angers me angers me it's not the worst. It's a grand,
1: fine, fun song.
0: Shake, shake, shake. It. I think
1: they ripped off Lil Chris,
0: and I take that personally. Okay, anyone ripping off Lil Chris, I'm going to rip them a new one. Don't be ripping off Lil Chris. Okay, L- fi- li- Lil finish But anyway, now that that's ended, the other night had drifted nice, continental drift divide, Mountain sit in a line, Leonard Bernstein. That was guilty hatred. Very inconclusive guilty hatreds. You didn't give yours. I don't. was oh, meant to said at the beginning of this. I don't have, I've done too many of these. I don't have okay. any more guilty hatreds. And I was given all the spotlight to you, so we could debate Fair. it. And I would like anyone who listens to this to get in touch on the page and say who do you think was more correct? Who had more? First of all, who had more insightful points? I believe I do. You just said three times. I think they're shit and they're crap, and the singer's bad. No, but like I commented on their place and culture. I discussed some of the tracks from the albums. I came with receipts, baby, because that's
1: like a lot of bollocks. Like C- literally. The REM therein, is just a feeling And it grows
0: Every day inside you Therein lies The flaw in your argument Joe Your argument was They are shit Because I think so Yeah as, as it should be Fair I forgot you're The arbitrator of culture I totally exactly. forgot that Thank Also i accidentally book. Ripped through a, 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 a thing in my that sock I ripped through The little bit That was holding my sock And now three of my toes Are out Sock thong Sock thong yeah. I, was, I was wearing flip flops That's what happens in you story. Flip, flip socks <laughs> Nice Okay well anyway That was Guilty Hatreds Okay, Joe, you're time to quote. I'm actually going to go for a quick wee up.
1: Always leave me with a quote. So
0: you're not going to know what the quote is when you come back? With the neck!
1: This is gargle Box. Ago. Are you actually an REM fan? Like seriously Are you actually an REM fan? Yes Like honestly <laughs> I've never met an REM fan People, right. know, people are grand
0: So actually well, Just Joe just, As I came back in from Wee Joe Looked at me genuinely With honesty in his eyes And said Do you actually like REM?" I wasn't messing
1: no I thought that was like a show for the podcast to get it like back and forth no no kind of
0: I actually like REM I'm actually shocked like, <laughs> I'm actually a fan I'm disappointed sorry four toes out right uh, did you get a quote for Box? did you I did yeah okay did you give it I did yeah okay so tell me what the tell me what the quote's from and I'll see if I can guess what it is
1: it's from um, a famous whatsapp voice message
0: that made the rounds about a certain dog rumour the <laughs> <laughs> this is Box for work this is the poor man's version, because I don't have the equipment anymore of our original segment, never mind the fuzz box where we would sing a riff into a fuzz box and get people to guess what it was just too much hassle this is instead gargle box we're going to gargle a riff and see if we can guess what it is Joe, pass me a bev get me a bevy get me a fucking bevy Who's
1: going
0: first? I, I haven't got a riff yet so How
1: much gargle do I in so I don't fucking choke?
0: Just gargle if you want put in as much as you can gargle with oh, right. a this is gargle box where Joe's going to gargle away from trying guess what it is what it is bruv. not a hope not a hope hold on do that again I want to get a quick picture
1: hold on did you get it I cannot guess what it is at all hold your mic
0: again
1: sorry I am a bollocks what is it Day tripper, but well, it's supposed to be day tripper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now see if you can hear it. Okay. I can hear it now. Right, you ready good. for this? Right. It's kinda of, okay for a bit ahead, it, it's kinda of relevant. If it's i am gonna fucking kill you. A child dying. <laughs> Is it walk this way? No, close. No, not like close at all. <laughs> Sorry, will you get a little pick of that as well if I do? It? Pick. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah <laughs> That was <Guess> that. <laughs> that,
1: that was Beethoven and B minor.
0: Okay. Uh, so can you not get my note? Go do, again, I'll do it, it again.
1: Actually pay attention this time.
0: <laughs>
1: are you speaking or doing a riff?
0: I'm trying to say Oh fuck it's a riff! Oh, well, yeah. I'm singing like it's okay. I'm singing. Okay, I'm you're singing the, the start. So it has to be a riff. It's like it's like the. Is it the hook? It's the start of the song.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> terrifying. <laughs> I have um, no clue. What is that? God save the Queen oh. <laughs> is that actually God. Save it's the... Sorry, again. it's a why is that better than the original?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> fucking gypped the, f- the, f- just the foamy gypped regime the over here.
1: <laughs> Fuck
0: Yeah, that was God Save the Queen. Have you got another riff? I'm sure you can think of one. You um, can can you think of a riff?
1: Oh it's okay. No. I've got the riff, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why does that hurt? It hurts an awful
1: lot You're not going to get this so I can't oh. even hear it and I'm the one fucking sitting it I thought that I thought <laughs> That was going to go all over The
0: way you lean forward I thought that was going to go All over my floor for a second Okay I'll try one more time Okay <laughs> Joe I haven't a clue what is it's it? It's supposed to be all the small things, <laughs> <laughs> all the fucking foamy things. Oh Jesus oh. Christ! Oh, I've got one for you. Right, same kind of vein. No, sorry. This is the riff. It's a riff, and no, it's not just the verse. It's the riff. Oh, she's so actually doing it properly this time. <laughs> Is that
1: Gary Newman in Friends Electric?
0: No. <laughs> I can see what you think yeah. that.
1: You got it though? No, was
0: it? Um, is it think a, of all the small things. Yeah. Is it a In Too Deep? In Too Deep. <laughs> it, it was In Too it was. Deep. Right. Give us the intro again. The outro. The outro for segment.
1: <clears throat> the segment.
0: The NICK! What's it called again? It the Status Cargo Box. Margamar and Son and Amsterdam both tried to get this segment down. Bill Bailey and Bill Jupiter both think that this is the stupidest way to rip off a TV show. Never mind cargo. Bob. Never mind cargo. Bob. So, yeah, the neck has special resonance with myself and Joe because uh, (laughs) the original voice note, which, again, is a sonic second. I'm just going to get it up. Conor Conor McGregor's sister rang up a dog grooming agency after they fucked her off one too many times, I guess. Uh, And she just starts roaring, saying, Who do you think you are? And it's just passed into legend now. But uh, this is the original version. (laughs)
1: Like that. See, fucking, you in your business. You watch some. You fucking watch. You haven't a clue about me and what I go through in my life. The neck. you?
0: <laughs> the the neck. Neck. But see, when we started hanging with you first, you were mm. mad on it, right? I but love. you turned into the most musical. The neck. <laughs> you made it into like a note, like a like a fucking soprano. <laughs> Is sopranos, the high singers. It's a motif. Is it who the high singers? Yeah, the sopranos. I think. Are they high? T- okay, grand. Someone but I don't know the high singers in the fucking choir whatever <laughs> you made it the most music like the neck because I heard about it through you and you were like oh that's this voice match." I just say it all the time I'd never heard of it before really yes yeah, so that's another song I second which is uh, kind of your like sister going the, <laughs> the fuck this fucking banger like R2D two offer or like that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah we get to our final segment now which is oh uh, gives you a second uh, gives you a minute uh. Ooh, <gasps> oh we never okay so before we go to the next segment so um. One of the Forgotten Weekends, one of the things I do remember is waking up in Becky's uh, room with all of us there. And we started a rousing... Go- so my fellow, myself and Joe have bonded as well over my extensive use of the word wished, which has passed into Joe's lexicon now as well. And no, I didn't create it, but I perfected it. A bit like Eddie Rockins. We didn't invent the yeah. burger, but we perfected it. Um, but wished got to the point where we woke up very, very... St- tender feeling on this random morning and took into a rousing rendition which woke the entire house of ooooh <gasps> Wishton Verna Wishton 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 Verna um, which set us off to a carvery in Beaumont house which wasn't fun but then Joe was on holiday on Hollyerth uh, a few weeks later in Barcelona no where were you? I was in Madrid I'm moving to Barcelona Oh, sorry, I forgot, you got, sorry, I forgot <laughs> sorry, you're going two to. Weeks, about, man, yeah. uh, you're going to Barcelona, but you Madrid, sorry. And I get a, t- a call from Joe at about 3 in the morning, him and five lads in a taxi all roaring. Wish to, wish to, wish to, wish to It's the type of friendship me and Joe have. It's very loving and tender.
1: I actually think I texted you first, being like, Pete, quick, hang up, like, hang up, answer, this is important. Oh, quick, pick me up like, the phone. You answered me, like, right, is everything okay? It's 3 a.m. when Joe's abroad, like, is everything okay? Like, and I kind of just me screaming down the <laughs> phone, with like, five lads. <laughs>
0: It was great fun. Well anyway, Whished and Varna, this next segment is Have I Got Tunes For You? Have I Got Tunes For You? Have I Got Tunes For You? Tunes for you. Tunes for you. Now, this is Have I Got Tunes For You where we uh, recommend an album for you to listen to. Oh, what have you got okay i don't have an album okay great but i've got the two songs where music
1: was like completed and perfected and these songs will never be touched again it's the
0: end of the world as we know it and exhuming mccarthy
1: you am. can stop saying that <laughs> it is the first one obviously Stone cowboy oh glenn campbell oh the whole fucking song song cowboy yeah no the best song ever written is wrong so cowboy okay and the second best song ever written is caravan of love
0: mm. I love how they were both on an album together. Definitely,
1: oh, they were like best album ever written is whatever album they're both on together.
0: <laughs> House Martin's version of "Caravan of Love" mm-hmm. or the original. Mm-hmm. Ha- have, House- you heard, have you heard my impression of Paul Heaton? No. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come, we'll take the caravan. Together. What's, what the lyrics?
1: No one knows. But that's the best I part.
0: living in a world of peace. There's a better place for us to be. we we'll bring me young in the old. Would you let your love flow from your heart? Every woman, every man, join the caravan of love. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up that's great I so my recommendation oh sorry keep going what are you saying your
1: Bob Geldof impersonation is legendary
0: I've already done it oh, the I mean, okay time. cut that my favourite so I'm going to recommend here today uh Hello Sorry folks I'm just here for a second It is Bob Geldof And I'm here to recommend To you guys today The Boomtown Rats the second album A tonic for the troops It's a It's not even a tonic For the troops anymore Right It's a tonic For the fucking world The world needs That fucking album back And it shifted Fucking units Back in fucking 1979 We uh, We knocked John Travolta Off the top Of the fucking Number one spot On top of the Pops and Rat Trap And do you know What I've done since I've knocked him Off the fucking stage Multiple times With a quick Fucking box To the head Right And fucking something the man desperately fucking needs I saw the remake of The Taking of Penham 1, 2, 3 and he fucking ruined a classic fucking film and for that it's unfor fucking giveable. okay Um. my that's uh, th- thanks Bob no bother Pete thanks for having me on again it's always a pleasure to join you no worries look anytime you're stuck please come on it's always a pleasure to have you don't even fucking worry about it I'm here for you any day of the week Peter. Right. Um. My album recommendation for this lovely that you brought up Glenn Campbell. <laughs> I've been having a serious Glenn Campbell moment. Me on our way down to Cork, me and you decided oh. this is a Glen Campbell fucking weekend. And I was at that point I was mad on that track, Country Boy. Yeah. Fantastic song. It is basically pretty much a Galveston rewrite. It's the same kind of the Bum, bum Country Boy. You've got your freedom allure, but your man's on Tennessee. What a man. Loved Glenn Campbell. Yeah. Uh, the great quote about him is someone saying, if ever there was too much talent in one person, it was Glenn Campbell. Incredible. Yeah,
1: and I didn't realise how good of a guitarist he was until you pointed it out. Oh, no. Yeah. He is
0: absolutely incredible. Like, pfft, he could have played on fucking Foxy Lady, but Jimi Hendrix could not play on Gentle on My Mind. That's no, all I'm going to say. That's true. Am I fucking right? Or am I fucking right? Uh, but Glenn Campbell has an album... Uh, is it the Gentle on My Mind album? Yes, it is. So the Gentle on My Mind album. Now, Glen Campbell is kind of a victim of the America, the 60s American attitude towards albums, where it was just, bung a load of fucking singles on an album, stick some random on There was no like concerted effort to make album albums. Mm-hmm. But the album, The Gentle on My Mind, is on. There's a second. So- First of all, the whole album's great. World I used to know, great track, Mary in the Morning, lovely stuff. But he has a song called "Catch the Wind," which is a cover of the Donovan song. But his version, I think, is so incredibly potent and beautiful; it's amazing. And it has the same melody as uh, "They Don't Know, But We Don't Know." We won't find out until we go. The Sonny and Cher song, but this, I think, is way more emotionally potent. <laughs>
1: Certainty I want to be in the
0: warm hold of The man is just incredible. The like fact he was like a TV show host release and albums being an incredible guitarist. Again, the big hits that are massive like Galveston, Rhinestone, Cowboy, Wichita Lyman, Wichita Lyman have one of the most heartbreakingly beautiful lines yeah. of all time with uh I need you more than I want you and I want you for all time. That's incredible. Yeah. And just the man and even when he was uh, the great documentary him with Alzheimer's later on or dementia i think later on in his yeah. career heartbreaking but just he could still play it was an incredible incredible player gentle on my mind is a clip of him i think in the late 80s or early 90s on a tv show where he does an acoustic guitar solo over gentle on my mind incredible uh but the album i recommend would be the one that's it's called gentle on my mind yeah uh some great tracks on it uh but one of his my favorite single of his is country boy um it's a God, it's just an incredible, incredible powerful chorus, uh, and it's a nice sentiment as well. I think I, I think I really like it. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to Glen Campbell loads recently. Adore that man. Yeah. Uh, I just got recommended the Boston album, which is when I see this album cover, I feel the essence of Totsy. Like my dad, really? me and dad were mad on Boston for a while. and it was more than a feeling. We loved. Oh, I it. didn't see that coming at all. Oh man, my dad oh. was mad on Boston more than a feeling. Jesus Fuck yeah Christ Oh no Totser loves Boston Really? He does He fucking loves it So you seem disappointed And surprised I, I don't know which one to be <laughs> No Dad loves Boston And so do I um, Is that your Is that all your Oh you have, have
1: I tunes? If you actually want me to Recommend an album There's an album I've been listening to recently That is a Class album Please go stand by the right Ears
0: Oh speaking of my fucking lingo man how did they okay. get the licensing for the Nosferatu image though? that's I what I'd really love to know is
1: that actually Nosferatu oh, it is yeah it's, a only, still, it's yeah. still
0: from the fucking film like yeah, yeah. no we didn't <laughs> maybe yeah. there's a track there. go to the track list and there's a track there that so I can never remember the name Song for the faithful Departed incredible yeah. back up Kitty Ricketts amazing yeah yeah um, let's dogs. talk about the weather that's my favourite track yeah. on it, and also Million Dollar Hero being one of the yeah. great forgotten Irish tracks yeah. and it's it's the line is from so the line he's a million dollar hero in a 5 and 10 cent store I think is from West Side Story I want to say it's either West Side Story or one of those kind of he he's a million dollar hero what the fuck I can't see where the film is from I think but it's, one of, yeah, but it's a line taken from a classic American 50s kind of film uh, great use of, this, of the line I think the song's incredible uh, that, that song what was the weather one what was it called let's, t- let's talk about the weather you yeah. Ricketts is great songs available to Departed amazing Philip yeah. Chevron most wow. underrated Irish museum ever oh easily 100% yeah. and the fact he died is very sad but also they did the, the best Dr. Field song that Dr. Field could never wrote which is Television Screen do other you know track no yeah of course yeah uh, no Radiators from Space great name for a band as well don't yeah. know how they came to that conclusion but I'm glad they did well where else did we get Radios from it's a good point I forgot every radiator in the world is a celestial being yep. from the stars yeah fair enough from the cosmos and Varna that was Have I Got Tunes For You now Joe that unfortunately brings an end to our time together on the podcast can't wait to go home and have a shower yeah no pretty filthy after this now um, you it's been a pleasure to have you on first 20 minutes you were pretty dry mm-hmm. uh, but you got into the swing of it once you started talking about things you didn't like which is always fun yep. have you enjoyed it? no nope. great uh, this has been episode twenty-five of Higher Fidelity. I've been Pete. I've been something else. I have been, know. you've been, yeah. you've been mean, is what you've been. I've been annoying.
1: Uh, I've
0: been right. And we're here, <laughs> <laughs> we're here, reminding you to be rooting, be fluting, and always be shooting. But most importantly, be, be kind. kind. Hello and you're very welcome to the after show party of episode 35 of High Fidelity. Here we fucking go, baby.
1: Oh, Ooh, Wistin' Verna. Wistin, Wistin, and
0: Wistin, and Verna. Ooh, <laughs> Wistin' Verna. Wistin, 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 Wistin. Like, I got from Joe. where you go. Ooh.